You are now listening to the Nataki Wellness Center's Wholeness Podcast. I'm your host, Ayana Nataki. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Um, This is a really great episode, at least I think so. It's about how I became a 40-year-old, fibroid-free, first-time mom. Yep, that's right. 40 years old, first-time mom, fibroid-free. So I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, Let's see, it all started when I was 29 years old. I go to my gynecologist for a regular pap smear. She felt something, did an ultrasound, and was like, okay, you have fibroids. Now, in case you're not familiar, fibroids are pretty much benign tumors that are usually found uh, in the wall of the uterus, maybe the ovaries, um, and they can cause heavy periods, which is what I had, heavy painful periods, which is what I had, and they can also cause fertility problems, um, which in this case was the concern. So my doctor tells me, hey, you have to have a baby right away, right now, because you won't be able to carry one as this thing grows because of the location it's at. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, come again. And she's, she has a heavy accent. So I'm like, maybe I'm not hearing her correctly. She tells me again. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Have a baby right now? What, you don't know anything about my life. How do you know that's even a possibility? I mean, I did have a boyfriend, but what? So I'm upset. I'm actually pissed at her because I'm like, who are you to tell me this? And I go to my boyfriend's job crying. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. We're not even a year in our relationship. We're just coming up on a year. Um, and she's telling me have a baby. So I go to my boyfriend's job crying and I'm like you know this is what happened and all this and you know I'm just there to vent and I'm upset he's my boyfriend that's who I'm gonna go to so he's like he's like okay um all right it's okay you know if we have to have a makeshift wedding and uh you know and have a baby whoa I'm like what first of all that I what that's not even why I was there. I wasn't trying to say, let's have a baby. I was there because I'm upset. And I'm like, wow. So you are willing to marry me at this point, a makeshift wedding, which I guess it means a quick wedding with no family and friends or or just a few and we just make it real quick and then hurry up and get the party started with the baby. I'm like, okay, all right. So this is a summer fling that went to the 10th power. See, my boyfriend was supposed to be my summer fling. Well, kind of, we were friends and then we started hanging out more. And then I, you know, he made some passes and I'm thought about it and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm a grown woman and you know what? The summer is coming. And so I'm gonna have me a summer fling. And that didn't turn out correctly. You know what? We're going to take a short break. Okay, okay. So my summer flame became my boyfriend. I don't think we need to do all that, that makeshift wedding and have a baby right away. I feel I can heal myself. There's one thing I always said, for whatever reason, since I was little, 
I was like, I feel like if anything were to ever happen or something, I get diagnosed with anything, I just feel like I could heal myself naturally. Maybe this comes from uh, my, I had a father, I had a father, my father, you know, died at an early age. My grandmother died when I was 19. And these were both uh, for health reasons. And I guess it sparked something in me um, that paid attention to health and what can be done about it. Also, um, when I was 16, I was babysitting for this lady. And by babysitting, I mean, you know, she would get high with me. We would get high. And I kind of was in charge of watching her son being the sober one while we got high. <laughs> hey, don't judge me. Judge yourself, okay? So the summer of 16 which is what I call it because I was 16 years old and it was in the summer. So the summer of 16, um, you know, I'm getting high with her and she's really into natural healing and into being conscious of what you eat. She was a vegan, which I didn't even know what that was back then. And it inspired me. You know, I wanted to be conscious of what I put in my body and know that if you eat foods that are alive, you will feel alive. If you eat foods that are dead, you'll feel more dead, like not have as much energy. So that summer, I became a vegan and I'm 16 years old. And at this time in Detroit, it was not a great time to be a vegan. There was no Whole Foods. There was no Trader Joe's. People weren't doing that. My family acted like I was crazy. They were like, what are you doing? Um, you've lost your mind. So you're not going to have this pork chop. <laughs> you're not going to have these greens with neck bones in it. And I'm like, nah. So, you know, I'm a vegan. And it was kind of a struggle because, I mean, I could go to a farmer's market and get a bunch of fruits and vegetables. But... I didn't really have a lot of choices and so I would boil broccoli and drink the water and like I would bare bones do things as a vegan which is what people usually think veganism is about and they frown upon it and say you're just eating you're just gonna eat lettuce and food is gross but I didn't care at the time because I discovered something it's like when you know better you do better and I'm like I'm gonna do better I am free in my mind and my body and my spirit and I power to me and power to all you people too <laughs> that's how militant I was at the time with this now again, this is Detroit, so unfortunately, my veganism didn't last very long. Um, I got hungry, and I was like, I need something else. So I started eating uh, eggs, and then fish and chicken again. I never went back to pork or beef, but I was eating those things. And I just be became an on and off vegetarian. It would be like, you know, some months I was vegetarian, some months I'm back to eating chicken and um, turkey. Did I say chicken and beef earlier? I meant, if I did, excuse me, but I meant chicken and fish. I only ate chicken and fish and eggs. And then one time I couldn't even eat eggs. I looked at it one time and I was like, this is a dead chicken's fetus. I, I know that's extreme, but I couldn't do it. And I stopped eating eggs for a while. So this pattern continued for a while, but then I got this diagnosis. 
And so I'm like, okay, I got to go within myself. I need to meditate. I need to see what I need to do. So I did just that. And I did my research. I'm like, what causes fibroids? Why is this happening? So I looked up all this stuff. I researched. And my findings are that estrogen dominance is a big factor in fibroids. And I'm like, why do I have so much estrogen? Um, you know, there's a, uh, if you want to call it a mind, body, spiritual reason that I could say too, but that'll be for a whole other episode if we want to get off into that. But anyway, um, one of the things I realized during this time, I'm a on and off vegetarian, so I'm eating a lot of meat alternative um, products and a lot of them had a lot of soy. But, you know, I'm thinking, you know, this is soy. So soy is good. Soy is a pea, a pea, a bean or something. It's fine. I didn't know about GMOs. I didn't know that soy can mimic estrogen in the body. See, this is before I became a health coach, before I was an herbalist, um, before I was aware of all this stuff, before I knew that 94% of America's soy is genetically modified. I didn't know that once you start genetically modifying organisms, um, when a human person consumes these things, your body can become confused and thinks it's a threat and it can start attacking itself. And you might get symptoms of autoimmunity but again, we're, we're not really on that right now, maybe another episode, but these are the things I didn't know yet. But once I realized, okay, soy might be the issue, I'm like, really? So now I'm pissed and I'm pumped and I'm pissed again because I'm like, you know what? The man has got me. He played me. Who the man is, I don't know, <laughs> but... He played me because I'm busy eating all this soy, frowning at other people for not eating the way I'm eating. I was young, but it's soy is part of the problem. And there's this one uh, meat alternative company. I won't say any names, but it sounds like Borning Farm Parms. <laughs> and this product has soy and so many other ingredients that are not good it's like I want to say like 50 ingredients on it I didn't know to check labels this way either so anyway no more eating burning part marms and I'm soy free now I even stopped drinking and I live in LA in LA there's always a reason to drink I mean there's always someone's white party someone's black party um a casting party, a closed set party, uh, someone's birthday. It's like there's always something. It can be annoying, but, um, you know, you have a great social life, I guess. But there's always a reason to drink. So then I was like, you know what? I'm done drinking. I am so done drinking. And I stopped. And some of my friends are like, what? You don't want just a little? Just have a toast. And I'm like, no. Like, I'm just militant discipline. I'm done drinking. And then I changed my diet. Um, No more soy. um, None of all this, uh, you know, animal products like this. So 
um, oh, at the time, I have a friend who also had fibroids, and hers were pretty large, larger than mine, and they bothered her, so we're like, you know what, let's, let's heal our fibroids together, we should, we kept saying we should, and nothing happened yet, and then I get married to my boyfriend, and this is like a few years later, like a couple years later, so we get married, and I get pregnant on my wedding night, yeah, on my wedding night, and I'll tell you about that when we come back. Okay, so you want to know why I get pregnant on my wedding night? Because somehow I behaved like a teenage girl. As if I don't know how babies are made and how to speak up for myself. So me and my husband, we're at the hotel. We just got married. We're happy. Um, we're getting ready to consummate our marriage. And I'm like, hey, did you you bring the, you know, the stuff? <laughs> like we're drug dealers. You got the stuff? Um, he's like, oh, what? No, uh, it's it's our wedding. And I'm like, uh, oh, and I'm thinking, OK, I guess. Yeah, I guess that is bad to use protection on your wedding night. And so we went ahead and consummated the marriage. And I get pregnant. And about two months, I'm sorry, about two weeks before my second trimester, I had a miscarriage. So that was hard. Um, now we wasn't, it wasn't a planned pregnancy. Um, I wasn't even ready to have a kid yet. But we, at this point, we wanted the baby and we were happy about it. And then I had a miscarriage, which we knew that was a risk. And so then I was like, okay, never again. Um, miscarriages are not fun. So I'm like, we got to get rid of this fibroid seriously now. And um, me and my friend were like, we're going to do a cleanse, get these toxins out of our body. So we did all this research and we decided to design our own cleanse. We designed our own cleanse with herbs and um, different um, uh, supplements and uh, all kind of things, juices and everything. Now we knew for this cleanse, we needed to be a vegan for about 14 to 15 days, which was about the length of the cleanse. So we're preparing. We're like, okay, this is gonna be the hardest thing we ever did, girl, we, but we got each other. Um, we're, we're just gonna hang in there and we're gonna get it done. So we're preparing for this crazy, task and you know we start our cleanse and about halfway through I'm like you know I feel fine I'm still eating foods I'm eating healthy foods and I feel good I have energy I'm pumped I talked to my friend she's like you know I feel good too and so by the end of the cleanse I'm like I think I'm gonna keep going and my friend was like I was gonna tell you I'm, I'm I feel the same way that's what I'm gonna do so we kept going and then one day I was like you know what? I think I'm a vegan. <laughs> and me and her both became vegans. And we're like, you know what? We should do a cookbook. We should do a blog. And we did a blog. Um, and we were starting a cookbook because we're like, people don't know that eating vegan can be fine. And it's healthy. And it's, it's uh, motivating. And you feel great. Now, of course, now I have Trader Joe's, so I'm like, okay, I got some help with this. Not that Trader Joe's is all vegan. It's just that 
it just it it has more options to cater to a vegan lifestyle or a vegetarian lifestyle. So I become a vegan. And um I'm doing well. I'm getting toxins out of my body. And so I go to the doctor and I try to see how my fibroids are. And at first there was no movement. It was the same. I'm like, okay, well, it hasn't grown. Then I went again and it shrank a little. And I'm like, oh, this is working. But there's a problem. The problem is I'm in my mid-30s now. And... You know, you start to hear things people are telling you, oh, when you hit 30s or mid 30s, you don't have many eggs left or you won't be able to have a baby. You'll have complications. And because I already had a miscarriage, I was really yearning to have a baby like right away. I guess that's the psychological thing that happens when you have a miscarriage. A lot of times you want to hurry up and become pregnant again, even if that pregnancy wasn't even planned. So... I'm like, I got to get rid of this fibroid. So I start talking to doctors and I'm like, what do I need to do? What kind of surgery do I need to get? The only surgery that was offered to me was an abdominal myomectomy, which is pretty much where they just cut you across your stomach and um, in your abdominal area and they remove the fibroid. Um, It's like an eight week recovery process. But they also want you to have at least one kid usually because it's a very risky surgery where they can mess you up, where you don't, you're not able to have kids anymore. So I'm like, well, this can't be the only way. So I end up doing my own research and I found something called liposcopic myomectomy. And I'm like, yeah, this is the one I want. But my insurance was like, uh, nope. <laughs> and I'm like, well... You know, really, my insurance didn't say anything. It's the doctors that was like, oh, no, you can't have that. Um, That they don't do that anymore. I had one doctor tell me that we don't really do that anymore. And come to find out, he just didn't know how. Someone in his office told me the truth. So I won't say your name, Dr. Such and Such Liar. But someone in your office told me you just didn't know how to do it. But I don't want to reveal this person. So I won't say Um, so this doctor lied to me and then I kept looking around. I'm like, uh, it seems like it's still being done. So I found this great doctor, Dr. William Parker. Thank you, Dr. Parker. And he was like a specialist in fibroids. And I'm like, I just don't have the right insurance. So I tell my husband, we got to do what we got to do. And we got to get out of this, uh, insurance and we're going to have to pay more for insurance and so we did just that and got in my new insurance and within two months I was scheduled for the surgery that I needed um got the surgery it was fine it was it was successful um I just had to wait three months before we try to have a baby so we wait the three months and we're like let's do this oh my gosh it's time we're trying and trying and nothing is happening and I'm like okay what's going on let me go to the doctor and make sure everything's okay the doctor says uh you should be fine you have minimum scar tissue since your surgery uh there should be no reason why you can't get pregnant now um she suggested let's test your husband so she sends him to get tested and um All his swimmers, or he has plenty of swimmers, but some of them are not shaped properly in order to make this happen. So I'm like, 
okay seriously like what and it's funny I go all my life uh, trying to avoid having a baby because I didn't want to have a baby too early I'm trying to pursue my career and you know and then it's funny the minute you decide you're ready it's like oh it has to happen now but anyway I'm like okay what do we need to do about this so I'm doing my research I'm looking in my herb books and everything and he has changed his diet of course cut out sugar no alcohol um eating pretty much I think he's eating vegan at this point he at this point was a um kind of a pescatarian so he ate fish wild Alaskan salmon to be exact (laughs) and um but now it's like okay we're gonna cut out everything for a minute um no drinking all of that and then I look what herbs I need to formulate together to make this process work and then we did that and we're still trying and nothing's happening and so I just was like okay let's go to a fertility clinic you know what I never wanted this for my life but if we got to do in vitro or whatever then we're gonna have to do it so we go to this fertility clinic she tests him and everything and there's this other process that could work but it it still requires the same thing as in vitro and when I see what it requires I'm like what so you still got to do birth control you got to get these injections I'm like oh no this goes against everything I'm trying to do I don't want to take hormones and I feel like that's part of the reason I got messed up in the first place because I once was on birth control pills too so that's extra estrogen and hormones so I didn't want to do that so I just was like you know what let's just stop I told my husband let's go on a vacation at this point I really wanted to go to Indonesia (laughs) don't ask me why you can ask me later but I really wanted to go to Indonesia so I'm like if I can't have a baby I'm traveling the world so I told him I'm like let's just uh travel and whatever happens leave it to the universe it'll happen and don't worry about it I said that and you know that same month that I said that I end up pregnant naturally so oh and then so I was about 40 by the time I had my daughter so that is how I ended up becoming a fibroid free 40 year old first time mom and it's awesome I have no regrets Um, I never wanted to have a kid early Um, my 20s wouldn't have worked my early 30s not so much you know if I could have picked a time I would have said somewhere around 36 maybe 35 36 but only because just the number sounds better not because of anything else because I'm fine being a 40 year old mom it's like I well number one because I'm in shape I'm healthy um, I'm still active so it's not like oh I'm tired so all the things you hear about aging or yeah that aging everything all the things you hear about aging it's really lies it depends on how well you take care of yourself um, if you stop being active if you don't move then yes your body is gonna think it's older than what it is um, if you don't eat right yeah eventually it'll catch up with you but if you start eating foods that are alive and I'm not trying to tell you to be a vegan I'm just saying start eating good foods healthy power foods for yourself 
and I, it worked for me. I mean, I just feel like there's no difference of me being a mom now than 29. Actually, there is. I'm smarter now. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just so happy that I didn't just do what I was told I have to do when it didn't feel right for me. So at 29, if I just would have had a baby, got married to my husband, we would have got married because we needed to have a baby. We hadn't even established our relationship really and had built a, a true bond that we needed to build because at that time, we're just in the honeymoon phase of a relationship, not even of a marriage, of a just boyfriend and girlfriend. We're just still on good behavior. We're having fun. We weren't ready for marriage yet. So we would have jumped in that and who's to say what kind of arguments or struggles we would have had because we did have some struggles from then until now. We had our own struggles and I would hate to have had a kid while we figured that out. I love the fact that we were choosing each other constantly just because of love, not because of any obligation. We just loved each other so we kept going forward. And you know, I did so many things for myself. I mean, I went to Costa Rica for three weeks to get my yoga certification. Um, would I have been able to do that if I had a kid? I went and meditated in the desert for 10 days, a silent meditation, Vipassana, y'all, by the way. Um, would I have done that? Heck no, not with a, a little child where I can't talk to them for 10 days. I'm not saying I never would have done it in my life, but I wouldn't have done it so far, probably. I would have had an 11-year-old right now if I would have gotten pregnant back then. So the moral of this story is you are the designer of your life. Um, you make it happen. You and your creator, you make it happen. And so don't let anyone just tell you no. Just find a way. How can you do this? How can I make things better for myself you have to do things without fear you have to find a way this is the age of information there's so many things out there so many ways to find them so many resources to find a way to do what you want to do to live the life you want to live um, so I hope this episode has been some help or um, encouraging to someone just know I am not a doctor this is not intended to diagnose or treat anything any kind of illness um, always seek out medical advice and uh, trust your instincts thank you and until next time live your whole complete life the way you want to live it thank you and peace